The first reading is taken from Daniel, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of it will, there will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. The Gospel is written of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. Glory to you, O Lord. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. If you'd like a title, Thinking and Praying About Brexit. I want to offer you from today's readings, not, I hasten to add, a a prediction from Scripture about anything to do with Brexit, but a way of praying and thinking about contemporary issues, not a political solution, which is still escaping the best endeavors of our political servants, but a way of praying, a way of thinking that, for me, arises from these prayers and readings that we're given to think about on this Sunday. And this way of thinking and praying, of course, is applicable to our personal lives, to practical things in other parts of life, as well as the political And I think there are four raw materials or basic ingredients to this offer which I want to spell out and then reflect a little bit more in a focused way upon uh, the Brexit issue itself. 
Firstly, an honest assessment of the challenges we face. The psalm is a lovely prayer and just as it were on the way through in verse 7 in the Bible version talks about at night my heart is instructed which I think implies here's a one who isn't always sleeping too well but in the process of facing that reality finds a connection with God and further on in verse 10 in the Bible version the psalmist speaks of not being abandoned to the grave not letting your holy one see decay maybe reflecting on the reality of our human mortality that we live and we travel through the valley of the shadow of death as scripture says in many ways and this is a reality that we do well to be aware of and not hide from the book of Daniel speaks about a crisis in chapter 12 and verse 1 at that time there will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations. A corporate crisis affecting the whole people, the whole of God's people in that particular moment. The reading from the gospel, not an easy chapter, chapter 13 of Mark, but verses 7 and 8, our Lord talks about wars and rumors of wars, political turmoil, earthquakes, famines, and so on. Challenges to be faced and lived through. And our collect speaks briefly but uh, descriptively of the works of the devil that our Lord came to undo or destroy. So an honest assessment of all sorts of challenges seems to be a reasonable conclusion to draw from these readings. It's not pretend world, it's real world. Secondly, there's a turning from idols to worship and serve the living God. Psalm 16 verse 4, the psalmist is quite clear. There are sorrows for those who run after other gods. I will not pour out my libations of blood to them or take their names on my lips, but it is to the Lord to whom I turn. Daniel was a man of prayer, serving in Babylon, where astrology was that which guided life, but he turned his face towards Jerusalem three times a day. And I'm sure there's a Sunday school song somewhere that tells us Daniel was a man of prayer. And the God to whom he prayed revealed himself to him in visions which were to do with power and authority, ultimately resting with the Son of Man who comes from the heavenly throne. In Mark, we have the disciples admiring the temple architecture and missing the point of the temple, which was it was the place where heaven and earth connect. And more importantly, Jesus says, this temple, this place where heaven and earth connect is about to be demolished because I am the successor to it. I am the place where heaven and earth connect. 
He therefore speaks with authority about the future and about the life through which these people are living. And the collect speaks about, yes, the works of a devil being destroyed and God making us his children by adoption and filling us with hope because we have an inheritance which is eternal life of the kingdom breaking into our lives here on earth. Thirdly, we are called to an active corporate discipleship based on resurrection hope. The psalm is full of joy and happiness. I hope you enjoyed reading it. It's a lovely ending, that second half in the version we had, verses 6 to 10. Joy, praise, gladness, security, lovely words of hope being held by God. God, the one who makes a difference to the psalmist's life. And in Daniel, that lovely phrase in uh, the end of verse 1, at that time when the time of distress comes, your people will be delivered. At the very moment when the crisis comes, God's deliverance comes. If I can offer a little memory, my father had a stroke when I was a teacher in Glasgow and my mother phoned up and uh, told me about this. And it was as though with the message in my right ear, in my heart came the words of a hymn assuring me of God's love and grace. At the moment of challenge came the moment of grace. And Daniel illustrates that very nicely for us. And so our Lord in his um, exposition says, you have both to avoid being deceived, verse 5, and you must not be alarmed, verse 7. Do not fear. Fear is a damaging and dangerous thing because it's also unnecessary. The Lord himself holds us in his care. And if we're thinking about an active corporate discipleship based on resurrection hope, the collect ends beautifully, quoting a few words from the first letter of John. We pray, grant that we, having this hope, this hope that we are children and heirs of eternal life, having this hope, we may purify ourselves even as he is pure. Hope gives grace to become like the one who calls us, to become pure like he who is pure. We are called to this active discipleship of becoming like the one who calls us. And so, fourthly, We do these things together. We come to our Lord's table, to a love feast. We commune with the living God and with each other so that we may go out of the doors and continue together to commune with the living God even though we are alone wherever we are sent in the course of the week ahead. We are church gathered, we are church scattered, but we are church. We are in Christ. And therefore the prayers that we pray here we carry with us into the week ahead, uh, rejoicing in the hope, being challenged to live uh, practically and purely. And we remember that these stories that we read, they are Jesus' stories, he lived them, they are our stories, and we live them and carry them with us wherever we go.
So can we apply this to thinking and praying about Brexit? Well, facing honestly some of the problems and complexities before us does seem to be rather important. We are aware of the problems. Secondly, yes, God is Lord of all. We have that hope. Daniel is the beginning of a revelation of resurrection, which becomes clear in our Lord and one day in glory will touch the whole of creation. That is the world that we live in, we believe. We particularly emphasize, maybe, that little phrase from Daniel 12, that corporate dimension. The whole people of God will find deliverance. And maybe the application of that is to the church in Europe. There are Christians like us all over Europe today who are praying their prayers. And we are one with them, whatever the politics of the future or the past. And the active hope in which we are engaged, which is to be against fear and for love, because perfect love casts out fear, has a very practical application. Um, the word fear of stranger in Greek and therefore into our English is xenophobia, fear of the stranger. This is the danger that leads to mindless nationalism. And with all our strength, we must resist that kind of dangerous fear, the fear of the stranger. But we replace it with a love that casts out fear, a love of country, a love of the stranger, a love for God, the kind of hospitality which is the translation of the Greek word philoxenia, so you get rid of xenophobia, the fear of the stranger, and you replace it with philoxenia, the love of the stranger, which is the word for hospitality. And we then, finally, we practice that kind of hospitality here. God offers us his hospitality at his communion table, and we share hospitality with each other over breakfast as a rehearsal for going out into the world and living love greater than fear in the world around us. We could summarize by saying there are daily challenges. We know that in every part of our lives. There is divine provision. Resurrection hope is breaking into our broken world. There's a call to a daily response from ourselves. And there's the wonderful thought that as we pray here, we go from here as praying people to live out this message into a week ahead. No answer to what we should do about Brexit, but a way of thinking, a way of praying that maybe by the grace of God will help. And as we pray here, maybe our Prime Minister's praying in her church too, and we can pray for her in our prayers later on. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven.